So today, we're going to talk about an introductory period. Go ahead and laugh. How many of you are still saying probationary to period? How many of your handbooks still say probationary? You're listening to The Human Resource. And our whole idea and concept of this show is to help you better understand regulatory and compliance topics within human resources. And a number of years, oh gosh, what, uh, 17, 18, 19 years ago, probationary period went away. And it became the new concept or new approach to use the first 30, 60, 90 days of an individual's employment and identify it as an introductory period. And what I'm finding is that I still see the word probationary and people don't know how to use an introductory period. So we're going to break this all down. And I I want you to, if you can, take some notes because I want you to go back to your, your handbooks. I want you to go back to your companies, even your teams. Go back to your teams and ask them, are we, are we really exercising all of our freedoms under the introductory period? So let's, let's start with why you would want an introductory period. We're talking about a time when an individual is introduced to a role or a position, responsibilities. Maybe even they're being onboarded and introduced to a new company. And there's no guarantees. Come on, we all know. Just because they interviewed really well doesn't mean that they're the right person for the job. And an introductory period gives you that opportunity to really assess. Well, let's let's talk. Let's let's ex- watch and 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 uh, observe whether we've got the right person in the right position. Remember, you're not required to have a handbook. Federal and state law does not require that anyone have a handbook. But if you've got one, you would be wise to put an introductory period, a definition, a defined time in that handbook. So that not only will your team be ready to start using an introductory period, but the employee is on full alert. They're completely aware, well, I got 30 days or 60 days, 90 days, whatever you decide it is, whatever the company establishes, I got that much time to prove to them I'm stellar. I can do this job. And an introductory period is just that. It's a time when, and I know know documentation is probably not going to be your strong suit if you're starting with new hires, but this is a really, really vital time to be documenting. So start with the onboarding. What did you expose them to? What did you actually teach them or show them? What did you give them as a responsibility? And what were the expectations? And break it down from a 30, a 60, 90-day review. Now, I'm using 90 days because 90 days is the maximum. Most of the court systems will allow an employer to use as an introductory period. Now, what I mean by that is during an introductory period, if you have established it, 
if you don't like the socks that they wear, if you don't like the music that they're listening to, if um, they watch cartoons and you aren't a fan of their cartoons, you can part ways. Beyond 90 days, beyond that introductory period, you got to be a little bit more detailed. Well, yeah, I didn't like the socks they wore, but they also didn't do this, or they also didn't do that. And it has to be very job-related. So not only are we going to avoid Title VII, because, again, we're not going to discriminate at any time during the employment, but we can be a little, we can be a little little uncomfortable and say, you know what, this just isn't a good fit. This guy just doesn't fit our culture. This woman just isn't fitting the chemistry of the team. They're not not reacting or they're not demonstrating the personality that we saw in the interview. This just isn't a good fit. And 90 days, the courts believe you should have enough time within that introductory period, not to exceed 90 days, to figure that out. Now, if if you think 30 days is plenty, then 30 days it is. But then, again, day 31, that's when you have to be a little bit more specific as to why it's not working out. Introductory periods, are, I, I believe, are just taken for granted. So when I talk about documentation, I'm talking about not necessarily a structured form, but I, I before coming here to the, the um, station... I actually was working with a client and we were putting together training logs, training records, and trying to come up with a way that the supervisors, the team leads could actually record what they expose, what they offer new hires in preparation for the the jobs that they've hired them for. Now that documentation absolutely should be you know shared with the employee because on that documentation within that introductory period, we should be recording, all right, we trained them on this, this, and this on this date, and the employee should be giving some kind of feedback. I am comfortable with the training or, oh, no, 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 I'm very uncomfortable. I need uh, another training session. Introductory periods should be kept in the personnel files, uh, any documents or records of the introductory period. I don't mind. I, I, there's really no reason why a manager can't keep copies of that. There's nothing, uh, hopefully, confidential on there. But if you're the HR role, if you're the, the part of the training process, you need to be aware of the pace and the level of exposure within that introductory period to be assured that, again, if they're going to make an adverse decision on that individual, that they've done... I'm talking about the team lead, the supervisors. They've done their due diligence. They have gone through all the the uh, actions needed or all the required steps to make sure that this individual has been exposed to the role of the of the job. And what's really interesting sometimes is that people just think that new hires should have an unlimited time to feel it out. It's it's called the on on the job training. And then they decide on day 89, well, this just isn't working out. And I'm here to tell you, this podcast is to 
help you clear your mind on that and understand that introductory periods need to be structured. They need to be documented. They need to be much more professional than many that I see and I, I, I run into. Another misconception about introductory periods is that you're not using them. You're not applying them to individuals that we're promoting or individuals that we're moving into other roles. And think about that. In those circumstances, again, we are introducing a new job. We're introducing a new role. Why would you not start the introductory period all over again? Why would you not convey to the employee, hey, you know what, if this is not a good fit and you've got 90 days to try it, we can take you back to your other role. If there's no other role to take them to, if you've already backfilled and if they aren't a good fit for the new role, they need to understand we may not have a role for you. And that's a hard conversation, but by God, have it early so that everybody's on the same page and everybody will use that introductory period wisely. You've heard me say blindsiding somebody, surprising somebody with bad information is not a good thing. It's not good for the employee. It's not good for your team. It's not good a good habit for your management to have, and it wreaks havoc with your reputation as an employer. So you promote somebody, you start the clock on the introductory period, you move somebody into a new role, even if you're just um, integrating or merging two roles, give the individual a chance to get used to that, but document it. I, I know people cringe when I say this, and I'm talking about the attorneys I work with, but a, a documentation, in my mind, if you want to do it on a piece of toilet paper, tissue, or paper towel with a crayon, it's documented. We can, we can fix it and clean it up when we have to use it. But making a record of that individual's successes or that individual's challenges and possibly that individual's inability to do a job during the introductory period is very, very important. So what are you going to do if you go back to work and realize there's not an introductory period in the handbook? <laughs> or worse yet, what if you go back and realize that you're still using the word probationary period? Yeah, that's, that's why I'm here. That's why you're listening to the human resource. We want to help you with this stuff. So... Thank you for listening, because you now know more about an introductory period than you may have when you got here. We hope to see you again. Take care. <laughs>